guys, welcome to Opera Off Stage. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jesse. And today we're going to be talking about the different ways that you can support the musician in your life. If you are a musician, then you can probably relate to this and that I wish that there was almost a guide that existed that I could just send to my friends and family that just laid out exactly the best ways that they could support me. And, you know, we really wanted that to exist. So uh, here we are today making it happen. Especially if you're like me and you're the only musician really in your family. A lot of people just don't know how to react to it, don't know how to best support you. So if you're one of those people, if your best friend or your sister, brother, niece, daughter, whatever, this is how you can help them in very simple and obvious ways. Yeah, so first we're going to break it down into free ways that you can support the musician in your life. Woohoo! Um, And actually, there are so many ways that you can support somebody without any sort of monetary contribution that are in many ways just as valuable. The first one starting off being promote the musician in your life online. If you are on Facebook, uh, Instagram, literally have access to a phone or computer, um, there are so many ways to help promote them online. And this is kind of how it breaks down. Um, One of the biggest things that you can do to really help them online is to share their content. Um, And the reason that this is so important is that, um, you know, you know, lots of people that the musician in your life maybe doesn't, or maybe you do know a lot of the same people. But if you share their content, you basically help broaden their audience. You also help to boost their credibility because obviously you know somebody twice removed from the musician might not have heard them before but if you are sharing their content and saying um, you know my daughter is such a wonderful musician or hey this person that I work with check out their video they are totally killing it on the song Um, you know you're sharing your opinion and it just really boosts their credibility because everybody's going to trust you and your taste, right? Especially if you're friends with them. So um, sharing their content online is really, really important. Absolutely. And you have an entire other pool of people who, once again, if they're not close with the, the musician, you've opened them up to a whole new group of people who may then share again, which is super, super helpful. Whenever you put something online, you want as many people to have eyes on it as possible. So sharing is one of the most effective ways. Um, Another way that you can be really effective in promoting them online is to comment on the content, especially if there are no comments. Being the first comment really breaks the ice and it gets people talking. And for pretty much every social platform, interactions with content will boost it. Once again, I'm going to use that word, but it will prioritize it. So more and more people will see it because they see that people are interacting with it. And that's what all social platforms want is more interaction. Yes. So from a social media standpoint, um, yes, Instagram, especially maybe more than something like YouTube or Facebook, very much promote things that have engagement and engagement um, soon after posting. Um, So ways that you can kind of help beat the algorithm, so to speak, and support that musician is, you know, leave a comment that is more than three words. Don't just do like three hearts. Actually, Instagram does not even register emojis if it's just emojis as a comment. So if you were just to leave some emojis, it's actually not going to help them at all. But if you were to say, oh my gosh, you sound great or something like that, that really does 
boost involvement and yeah people definitely feel more comfortable commenting on something if other people have already commented I don't know why this is we're always nervous to be the first ones to comment but either way you know every time you see something of them pop up on your timeline definitely uh, engage in it and leave a meaningful comment a good way of thinking about this is a lot of people it's a weird part of human psychology but uh, we tend to take other people's opinions like the opinions of people close to us more seriously than any other group think of it this way we tend to take anecdotal evidence more seriously uh which means that your opinions can heavily influence your friends you're saying wow this is so amazing we'll get more people to actually click and interact with that and that's why that is one of the most useful things you can do for musicians and beyond that everyone needs a hype team so Beyond just the sharing and commenting, um, make sure to follow and subscribe. You know, join their mailing list if they have one. Make sure that you're going to see as many of those posts and things as possible so that you can continue to share. There's not really a quantifiable way to tell you how useful this is to us because we work as entertainers. Our entire job is to make as many, to impact as many people with our art as possible. So this is your number one way to definitely help us out. Yes, and definitely if they have their own professional accounts on social media, um, you know, don't just be friends with them on Facebook. Uh, also, follow and like their professional account. It really helps. Um, and yeah, if they have a, their own website, then subscribing to a newsletter through that or something like that is really beneficial to them. Another thing that's super important um, with a very similar outcome to what we just described is telling people about the musician in your life by word of mouth in person. This is also incredibly effective in the sense that face-to-face -face communication is always a little bit more impactful. So make sure that you're out there talking about the artist, show videos. My mom actually shows videos of me to school children that she goes and talks to. She, <laughs> she writes children's books and she does tours where she goes and talks to kids and she will actually show them clips of me, which sounds really crazy, but it's very sweet. And you never know what kid out there is going to have an interest in music. So don't be afraid to share that kind of thing. It's a little embarrassing for us, but it's also incredibly sweet. And once again, you never know who it's going to reach. Absolutely. Yeah. If the artist in your life also has business cards, um, I personally put my family to work. Uh, they all have my business cards and um, I replenish them when they run out. They're they're out there in the world <laughs> distributing them in my name. So, um, yeah, if they have business cards, definitely um, ask them and get those from them and just pass out wherever appropriate. You never know when you're going to run into somebody who will be really interested and actually want to go listen or you know is looking for somebody to book you can also share the recordings like jesse was saying obviously you should have some recordings uh musicians somewhere that are easy to access like youtube or a, a website so that your family can do that easily um but yeah you never know when you're going to be talking to somebody who's looking to hire someone for an event i actually get asked to do a lot of random events because somebody heard me sing or they heard me sing at church or they know a friend of a friend and they need somebody last minute so um yeah definitely you know talk about them yeah the important thing to remember about musicians is we're not always doing things like operas or working in symphonies or anything like that a lot of our work is parties weddings, funerals, <laughs> holidays. So 
There's actually a lot more little tiny gigs we work in between these big fun things that are just as important to what we do. Don't think that telling your friend next door about us doesn't mean anything because you really never know. We actually, as classical musicians, get hired for weird little events all the time and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then if you know or own a venue, um, request them. Especially if you know somebody who owns a venue, you could definitely help that musician out by going to that person or that venue and being like, you know, a lot of us are in the area are actually really interested in this person or this group or this ensemble. You know, you should consider reaching out to them and having them perform here. Super easy. You can do that in person, on the phone, through an email, pass their info on. And if you are somebody who has a venue, then you should, you know, offer to host private concerts. Um, or even if you don't have a venue, you could always offer to use your home or whatever space that you have as a venue, a makeshift venue for recitals in your home and just invite friends. It could be, you know, like $5 a ticket or something that you could negotiate, but stuff like that is always really fun. And it's really fun to have music and kind of within your home, obviously, but also in just different, you know, venues. It's really fun. Yeah. And I'll say this, I've been hired out a lot. I mentioned this in the previous podcast, but I've been hired out a lot to do little things at like old folks homes and all of that. That can be a lot of fun. So even if you don't need us there, there's also kind of a charitable aspect to finding other places that might want some live music. <laughs> so if you know any, if you can give us any leads, that's also a great thing to do. Yeah. Another way that you can support the musician in your life is by volunteering. So another free option, but might you know, have a little bit more time involved. But a lot of musicians, especially in undergrad, have mandatory recitals or concerts that they are required to fulfill. And a lot of the times uh, they need help setting up. They need help passing out flyers at different gigs. You know, they might need somebody to man the door to pass out programs. You know, if they're at a show or doing something like a concert or somewhere and they have merch to sell, sometimes they need somebody to be at a merch table or a ticket booth. But also, in these undergrad recitals, a lot of the times there are there's this expectation of serving food, and obviously your performer is on stage and cannot set up the food table or do that themselves. So volunteering to either help out with food or to just man the table and make sure that everybody knows where they're going after the recital is really, really helpful. Yeah, the recital days are sometimes a little bit like weddings in that it's almost impossible <laughs> to run them entirely by yourself. Like so you just true. need some help because you're in the midst of doing a lot of different things and already juggling a lot. So any help you can give on those types of days, um, especially with the food, because like she said, the, uh, some places have the expectation that literally right after you're going to have some food out, uh, which we literally can't set up because we're the last people to leave. Yeah. So that can be some... Really, really helpful stuff because those are stressful times and very difficult to manage alone. The other thing that happens a lot with recitals or even just as we prepare for auditions, a lot of us do recordings. If you can help out and be behind the camera for a recording, that's super helpful because sometimes we don't realize that the camera is not set up quite right or the battery died partway through. So just having someone have eyes on it can be super, super helpful and save us a lot of time and grief. Uh, and of course, we're always super grateful. We always have a friend pretty much manning Facebook Live from a phone or a computer. There is a special place in heaven for the person that mans the Facebook Live. 
if you've done that it's so true. you are the realest friend <laughs> that ever was because like we said we are constantly trying to get our art out to as many people as possible and facebook live is a really great way to do it another thing that you might not think about is because we do so many auditions in so many places we often rely on friends and family for housing when we're traveling to cities that we know them in because it can literally save you hundreds of dollars. If you have the space for people to stay in your home or if that's a possibility, that can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. Like I said, it saves a ton of money. I think I did, I don't know, my brain's a little dead, but four or five auditions all in different cities this year. And I stayed with friends during most of them. But for the couple that I didn't, those costs add up so incredibly quick. Yeah, just for for non-musicians, you know, when you hear the musician in your life, especially if they're, you know, student age, when you hear them talking about, oh, I'm in the middle of audition season and they look dead, it's because they are. But besides that, (laughs) yeah, most of the time we have so, so many fees associated with audition season from literally just the application process from booking a space and a pianist and uh, recording equipment to make recordings, not to mention flights from city to city, and then hotels, it can end up costing every audition season several thousand dollars. So if you know a musician friend is going to be in town, it really is so nice to reach out and offer your home or your couch, whatever, um, for just like a day or two. It really saves us so much money um, and they will be very, very grateful. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, at some point we'll break down the true cost of auditioning, but opening your home is one of the kindest and I understand also most vulnerable things you can do. So anytime you can, it is so greatly appreciated. Another really great way that once again relates back a little bit to what we were talking about before is leaving reviews. It kind of goes along the same lines as leaving comments, but leaving reviews on Facebook pages or the group page or organization page or, for example, a podcast page, hint, hint, wink, wink, they're really, really helpful. Once again, it is that part of signal boosting where when you are interacting and leaving positive feedback, The entire platform reads that as, oh, we should show this to more people because people are really enjoying this. It's super, super helpful. And I know it's kind of tedious. I'm the kind of person who very rarely reviews things and I'm trying to get better about it. But once again, it is a really sneaky way that you can actually make a big impact on the kind of content musicians are putting out. Yes. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Leave reviews, please. Um, it sounds so cheesy, but it really, I mean, there's a reason that everybody says that, right? It really, really does help. Um, yeah, leaving detailed reviews for other people to see is very important. Providing a good description of the content in your review is really important. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you should always be telling the truth, right? So please do be honest. Honest reviews are the best. Oh, yeah. Like, don't don't lie to cover up if something is not good. Don't necessarily leave a really negative comment either, but... No. I'm not saying ever lie about something that isn't actually good, because that's that lowers your credibility with the people in your life. But you might be a little more enthusiastic than you normally would be when they are making something good. Exactly. Yes, no lying. (laughs) Always tell the truth. But leave a detailed review. It really helps um, people, especially on YouTube, like it. Just, you know, 
you you, you get it by this point, right? Uh, <laughs> be very thorough in your engagement. <laughs> Talking specifically about like this podcast, if you leave a very specific kind of review for us, it allows people who may see the name Opera Offstage and not know exactly what this is about. And it helps them get a very clear idea of like, is this something I would be interested in beyond what we write about it? Exactly. So it, it's very, very useful. Another really simple thing you can do is just leave a nice comment after recitals or concerts. It doesn't even necessarily have to be on a video. If you go see somebody do a solo, maybe throw a message up on their, their Facebook page or their professional page. It's really sweet and it means a lot to us because we receive a lot of criticism all the time. So sometimes a really nice unexpected comment really lifts us up. <laughs> yes, we musicians are desperate for kind words. <laughs> for love and, and appreciation. <laughs> Getting comments from people outside of like the music world, outside of the people we talk to every single day. You know, there are people we see right after a concert and they'll almost always compliment you because they're looking directly in your face right after a concert that you sang. So sometimes like a, an unexpected comment from someone can feel a lot more real and a lot more sincere and it can really bolster us because as much as we do grow thick skins as we get used to kind of taking on criticism i don't think i've ever not gotten a huge lift a huge boost of serotonin from just like little comments from people outside of that circle i see every day yeah kind words go a long way but um, yeah, so those are some examples of some really, really helpful ways that you can support the musician in your life for free. See so many ways that do not require you to swipe a credit card, right? We love that. There are some uh, things that <laughs> are a little unhelpful. You know, don't feel bad if you've done one of these things, but sometimes it's good to know that these things are a little unhelpful. Um, I would say at the top of the list <laughs> would be pressuring um, or repeatedly telling the person in your life to audition for those national talent-based shows. So we're looking at you, The Voice, American Idol, America's Got Talent, um, all of those things. And you might say, well, why would I not tell them to do that? My The musician in my life is so amazing and so talented. Why would they, like, they should be heard by so many more people and go on these shows. Um, the reality is, is these shows, you know, if you were to make it on and to, to even get far, especially, they just get you so stuck in these crazy contracts that just own you. And yes, while exposure from these shows is somewhat credible, at the same time, it's not worth being owned. And a lot of these, if not most of these shows, um, cater towards a very specific type of person or a type of voice or type of instrument and just because the person in your life is talented does not necessarily mean that that's the genre that they're looking to perform in you know if you're like oh you should join the voice and you're the musician in your life is kind of like oh yeah that, that would be cool or yeah that's not really for me please hear them and listen to them and do not continue to bring this up because it just makes them uncomfortable and it's really not something they're going to do if they don't want to so just know that Please don't send me videos of children singing opera on these shows either. <laughs> um, it's upsetting for a reason that I'm not going to go into today. To make it very brief, it's very bad to sing opera super young. So I really don't like seeing it. 
Yeah, we're not interested. Don't show us. It's not that I don't love children singing. It's just, it's a it's a very real thing that we know as singers, which is you don't sing pieces that are that big when you're too young. But yeah, uh, stuff like that. Another thing to watch out for is pushing people outside their genres. Now, a lot of us do some kind of crossover work. You know, some people will do pop or musical theater or many different forms of singing. But... For example, if you know a person who primarily performs classically and you send them an audition an audition packet for a rock musical, that's not always super helpful because not all of us are trained to sing in those forms. It can be really depressing to get sent stuff that you can't actually sing. Yeah, and I think that there's this kind of idea with um, kind of like the population at large that, you know, popular music rock music, kind of more of the, the genres that you hear on the radio are the things that singers should be singing. So really pushing somebody away from classical music, even though it might be well-meaning, is actually very hurtful because you are not valuing the type of music that they love, um, which is just very discouraging and often musicians will not want to correct you on it or really push back on it. But just know if you're talking to somebody about or trying to push somebody into a different genre that they're like, I don't sing that. I study this. You know, it just, I don't know, it creates a very awkward situation for us as musicians. And we don't always know how to tell you that we're not interested without feeling like we might offend or hurt your feelings. So just know it's it's really not good to try and push people out of their, their genre if they're not into it, if they're not a crossover musician. It's not that we're not grateful you see an audition and think we'd be great for it, but you're absolutely right. Which it's the idea that we're really trying to get people to fall in love with classical music. And so sometimes being told, you know, why don't you sing this? Don't you think more people would enjoy it? Like that, that really does hit us in a very sad, sad space. Um, so try to embrace things. I, I've had a lot of people in my life who have been so wonderful and have asked me to go to operas with them and to tell them about parts of operas and like how I've, I've gone on long rambles about how opera and cinematic music interact. Those are the kinds of things and interactions I want to have with the people in my life. Not things that are like, well, why don't you just do something that's more fun? And I know you don't mean it that way, but it can unintentionally feel that way. So just be be aware and know the person you're talking to. Like I said, most of us do crossover work in some way, shape, or form. So it's not always incorrect, but make sure that you're not just throwing out audition notices to people. Another thing that that kind of plays into the same thing is, and this this happens all the time. I cannot describe how many different people in my life have asked me, what's your backup plan? Okay, this is offense number one. Okay, if you do this, you must immediately stop. I would like to describe the fact that I work at an airport bar and I I have had people who have never met me before, never heard me sing, try to talk me out of a career that I spent six years training for. I get it. Music's hard. It's hard to make a living in this field. We know already. We've had teachers walk us through it. We've, we've had friends walk us through it. We've all had this discussion. Most of us have some form of backup plan. Most of us, once again, are working that side gig or we have some 
idea of what we will do or what our breaking point is. What point we will maybe step back from music as a full-time career. We're all, I promise you, painstakingly aware. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need to tell us that, okay? Opera, unlike a lot of art forms, is not something you get into super, super young. A lot of people don't have their break right out of college. Very, very few people have that kind of break. Most people don't have their break right out of grad school. It takes a lot of time for people's voices and bodies and technique to develop. So if you see somebody and they're not on the Met stage at 22, that is not a sign that somebody has failed. No, not at all. Yeah, it's a it's a weird art form in that aspect that like age does play in, but not in the way you think it does. Yeah, so don't, please... Really, honestly, you're the absolute worst if you try to convince somebody to do something other than music. (laughs) Um, You just are the worst. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that straight up. Asking somebody what's your backup plan is basically pointless because the musician in your life probably already has one or has something that they do in addition to music. So you really don't have to lecture us there. We are already completely aware of the risk involved. Um, We do it because we love it. So you're not going to talk us out of it. So just don't try. It's just upsetting. It's uh, we we already have an ongoing reel inside of our head of like what will happen if I reach this age or this age or not have some job this summer or that day. Trust us. Yeah. No one knows it better than us. Exactly. <laughs> Something else that is unhelpful: trying to get them gigs or asking them to sing, but then not paying them. That's not cool. You would never go to a business and ask them to do something for free. And I really hate the culture that we live in right now that promotes this idea that the arts and music should be free. I think it should be accessible, but musicians should be paid for their years of training and expertise. So um, no matter how well-intentioning you may feel about what you're asking for, um, if you're asking somebody just because they're a friend or a family member to perform or do something for free, especially if they're not already totally on board or if they didn't already just bring it up and offer don't do that and I swear if you try to get them to do something for exposure's sake just leave (laughs) that is just wrong (laughs) it is it's a no-go exposure (laughs) exposure is a phrase that I never want to hear again honestly exposure is fake okay it just no I will say this, exposure itself isn't fake, but exposure for work you do for free rarely leads to work that pays. Because when somebody says, I got so-and-so to do this for free, other people then ask us to do things for free. Yes. So free jobs lead to more free jobs, which doesn't really help us. Um, The people we need most to support us are our friends and our family. And I think music and a lot of art forms in general, whether it's visual, performance, or otherwise, I think a lot of them get a bad rap because at some point we become, hopefully, good at what we do. So it looks easy, but it only looks easy because there's years and years of training and work behind it, like with a painter, like with a singer, like with a musician. Um, Those things are only easy because there were there was money and time and effort that we put in before you ever asked us to do this. Yes, and also just know that, especially if you're not a musician and ask for somebody to do or perform something for free, you don't know how long it takes 
for them to learn music. You don't know if they have to go then take that music to an accompanist or a coach or a teacher to run it by it to really make sure that they can perform it. So it's really just completely unfair to ask or expect anybody to do something for free. So just, just no. Don't do it. Speaking of things that aren't free... Here are a couple ways that if you do have some money that you can spend, here's some ways you can spend it helping the artists in your life get a leg up. Number one thing, go to and invite other people to their concerts. The reason this might take money is because obviously certain things we do have tickets. So if you can buy those and you can buy them for your friends and you can bring them along, it's amazing. It's unbelievably helpful. Because not only does that possibly give money to us, but it also shows the venues that we sell tickets, which means that we can do more concerts because they're more willing to have us back. Absolutely. Kind of outside of the classical world a little bit more, but for musicians from broader genres, um, a lot of venues will actually require you to sell a certain amount of tickets which as a musician is really stressful because you will always invite a lot of people and usually you'll have a good turnout, but uh, a lot of people are just just don't show up or don't respond. So if you have the ability to buy a ticket and go, if it's somewhere that's close by to you and works with your schedule, it really does mean so much to us. Um, and it really, like Jesse said, shows the venue that we are worth having back because we sell tickets and then of course if you're friends with the person obviously you know it's very important to them and special for them to have you there really does mean so much to us when we have friends and we really feel that support so if you're able to attend concerts and invite other people it's really it's really nice another thing you can do to help support them is if they are once again this isn't always a classical music thing but some do if they have merch buy it even if it's like a, a little small thing, that means a lot to us. It also gets our, our personal brand out there. It can be really, really helpful. And merch nowadays is actually a way a lot of people make their money. Um, because when you start out as a musician, you aren't always making money from concerts or from videos or anything else that you put online. One of the most reliable ways to make income is to sell merch. Yeah, and you'll see this with a lot of ensembles as well. So if you're friends with um, somebody who's either, you know, uh, part of a choir or part of a chamber orchestra or a string quartet or a vocal ensemble, whatever, they usually will have little things to sell at a certain level of professionalism with its stickers or if it's a choir, then they might have CDs to sell. Or, you know, a lot of places will make recordings and make offer streaming services so something like that is really nice most of the time merch is not very expensive so if you're able to afford it then that's always really nice and we always feel really good when we sell stuff so um that's that's a good and pretty affordable way to um support monetarily if they don't have any merch a lot of people for various reasons do fundraisers people do it to pay for school people do it to pay for some of these crazy programs we're trying to do so if you can donate to people's fundraisers, I know it can be hard when it feels like you see them all the time, but once again, a lot of the stuff required for becoming a classical musician can be prohibitively expensive, but those programs mean the world to us. It allows us to train with people we otherwise might never meet. It makes us lets us make networking connections. So donating and sharing fundraisers can 
be hugely helpful. Yes, and do not be confused if you see like a crowdfunding or fundraiser on your timeline that you have to give some large sum of money. <laughs> Nobody's expecting that from you. Really, 5 10 15 $20 really helps. And if you're not able to give at all, then, you know, we're going to circle all the way back to our free techniques and share the, share the fundraiser. You never know. Lots of people have money that they like to donate to different things. I have a lot of friends who just like to donate to different things that catch their attention. They're like, I believe in that cause. Yeah, I have, you know, I have five bucks lying around. I can, I can give to this. So please do not expect that you have to give a large amount of money. You know, anything really does help. I was going to say not to just out myself here, but I always look at fundraisers and I think, oh, I just don't have like the spare money on me right now. But the reality is I have a really strong sweet tooth. So I no joke buy candy all the time. And I was like, well, you know, if I just didn't buy candy for like a day or two, that's a couple bucks I could just throw in. And that really does make a huge difference. So sometimes think about giving up like a candy or a coffee or something and just throwing that towards somebody's art. I, that's always the way I justify it personally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if you have an extra five bucks to go get a fancy coffee at Starbucks, you know, consider whether or not there's a maybe a better use for that money in, in investing in somebody's education. Speaking of... Uh, when this one comes out, we will actually still have our GoFundMe up. So if you c would consider spending your fancy coffee money towards us, we would really appreciate it. It helps us cover the cost of equipment and programs that we use to edit, and it's just very helpful. So if you can uh, give a couple bucks to that, we super appreciate it. If you can't, if you can share it, once again, super duper appreciate it. Anything you can do really, really helps us. And thank you to everyone who's already donated. We are absolutely blown away. Um, you've already exceeded expectations. So thank you so much. Yeah, Jesse and I have been completely emotional basically since we launched it because we were like, <gasps> people like our idea and they love us. Uh. So if you if you want to <laughs> see more happy tears, happy uh, ugly cries, you know, consider given a couple bucks <laughs> if we reach our goal if we reach our goal i'll just post a video of michelle crying that is rare footage so you know <laughs> truly, clickbait truly iconic <laughs> but yeah uh sharing the fundraiser is also super helpful not just for ours but in general once again you've got a different group of people in your life than the musician has in theirs you never know who might donate into something like that one more thing that you can do that kind of falls along these lines is if they have a Patreon, support them on that. That's a huge tool that people use nowadays to put out content. Uh, it allows you to give monthly. So that can be a really, really great way to offer consistent support. Yeah, and in case you aren't aware of what Patreon is, it's um, actually kind of a, a sponsorship website. There are the musician may set up different tiers that you could give to, which could be anywhere from, you know, $1 a month, $5 a month. And the way that Patreon works is often for that monthly contribution, you get something in return, whether that would be personalized videos or early access to the recordings or stuff like that. It really can be a lot of fun as a donator to kind of be on the receiving end of some some cool things that the musician has um, set up. But, you know, that that 
giving is really nice because then it just becomes passive income for the musician, which is a really nice kind of side gig for them. But also you're getting something in return, which is really nice. So Patreon is a wonderful website. Yeah. If you don't actually have someone in your life right now who needs your support, which I'd be shocked if you didn't, but if if you can't really think of anybody in your circle right now who is putting out new stuff for you to to share or can use your help. Another thing that you can do is you can just give to school programs, whether that be at the university level or at like middle school, elementary school level. Music programs are chronically underfunded. So if you don't have any specific person in mind, giving money to those little programs in your town and city can have a huge impact. And it's how a lot of people get their start. So on a more general level, that's a really, really great way to give back to your community. Absolutely. And let me just end with saying that we musicians and artists and creatives uh, alike all just really, really appreciate the people who are interested in supporting the arts. Um, You guys and your contributions, despite whether or not that includes money, your contributions are so, so important and you really help us do what we do and create awareness and importance for the arts. So thank you. Even if we roasted you a little bit with our section (laughs) on things that are unhelpful, know that we are always incredibly appreciative of your support. And this episode is just to help you know what kind of help we're looking for, because we as musicians are not always great about being clear about what is helpful because we feel bad for asking. (laughs) So know that no matter what kind of support you give, even if it's not necessarily helpful, we know that it's always coming from a really caring place. This has been Opera Offstage. Thank you again for joining us. We will be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, you can always follow us and like and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, at Opera Offstage. Leave those reviews. So we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.